Hey Google, I think it's time to start the podcast. Shall I play the introduction? Sure, if you don't mind. Sure, no problem. Beginning intro now. back to four more recording i'm your host quinn herman today i have a very special guest my good buddy and good pal christian flores christian how you doing buddy i'm doing great i'm doing great just been working living my it's been so long since we've talked to each other it's been a minute that is true it's true i have your gift sitting right in front of me the shaker that you gave me the gamer slip shaker how is it oh it's, it's awesome I'm taking this puppy with me to college. Have you have you had uh, the opportunity to try any of the flavors? Yes, I did. What's your favorite? Um, I don't know. What did it come with again? Because I I drank them all when I was at work. (laughs) It came with blue raz, dragon fruit punch, and citrus lemonade. I think the lemonade. Yeah. I thought yeah. it was just a little too strong for me. I I personally like oh, the really? blue raz. Well, I'm a lemonade person. That's why I like. I got lemonade. you. I thought about mixing that lemonade in with some tea. I thought that might be pretty good. Oh yeah, that. Is or, true. I like. Now I'm just tempted to buy more of the tubs. You know. Because did you did you get like energy from it, or do you think it just tasted good? Um, I think it just kept me more focused. Mm-hmm. Like, um, where I work, it's kind of like repetitive and boring. I, I do screen printing. So, like, a shirt comes down the line, I put it there. So, like, my mind will wander. And then whenever it does that, I get tired, you know. I think that kind of keeps me on edge a little bit. Like, it's not like a Red Bull or nothing, but, you know, keeps me keeps me more alert. Can you, can you explain to me, like, how your job basically works? Like, what do you do on a daily basis? Well, recent, uh, basically, uh, screen printing is uh, any design you see on a shirt, it is 99% probably screen printed uh, from a simple Nike check um, to something complica- complicated, so, to something complicated like a six color, like, business logo we can do that um they're basically there's these screens that we use and they each have a part of the design imprinted onto it and we put ink on that screen and there we have a six head press so we can go up to six colors but we can do uh embroidery uh decals um magnets a bunch of stuff like that so like anything you think that you want in a shirt decal or anything like that business cards that's where i come in and we make it have you ever gotten to design your own no i uh, 
I'm not like I'm learning, but there it's a it's pretty complicated because there's two levels to it. There's basically just kind of copying and pasting almost, but to do the copying, it um, it's not like a copy of the picture and then you put it on. You have to like make your own lines. Basically, you have to trace over the whole thing, and like there's different layers to it. So if it's a different color, that's gonna get a different layer. Um, and we can only go up to six. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And there's also the Photoshop aspect of it. You can make a brand new, you know, thing from scratch. And that's mainly our boss. He's the one that does Photoshop. It's my coworker that does the uh, pretty much copy and paste. And copy and paste comes from anything. It could, uh, if you want a Texas flag, we'll do the, what I was just saying, uh, you know, make, basically making your own Texas flag. And that, when it comes to stuff like that, it's pretty easy. But um, when it comes to bigger designs, let's say like a, like an Oni mask for a samurai, then that would be harder because there's a lot of curves and edges and stuff like that. What What's the most interesting thing you've ever printed onto a shirt? Most interesting? Like you're like, ooh, this is pretty cool. One of my favorites uh, was actually for this, um, this group of uh, army dudes. I think they flew uh, helicopters. In the mm-hmm. army, yeah, I think they flew a not Apaches, um, Kiowa helicopters. You know what that is? Uh, no. Can you describe it to me? Kiowa is kind of like a you, you know what a little bird is? Yeah. Think of that, but a little bit longer and bigger. Oh, okay. I think. Like I don't know mu- uh, much about that, but I think that's what the what they were. So they made a shirt for their unit, and on the front it had their. Uh, you know, their, their call sign. So, like, one of them was, like, uh, Bandit 3 or something like that. You know, a bunch of cool uh, call signs. Uh, we had to heat press those. And uh, it had their uh, logo on it for their unit. But on the back, it was a, uh, a photoshopped image of a, uh, a Native American headdress on a skull. And it was... Perfect. I uh, I printed one of those shirts out for me. <laughs> nice. What 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 would uh, be the price to get like something like that made? Like, let's take that design right there. They brought the design to you, and then you print the shirt. How much would that cost? That one, I'm pretty sure, it was a six color, um, and it was two sided and a heat press. So basically, they. But I think it was their shirts. So if they provide the shirts. Um, then it's not free. They still have to pay for the setup and, you know, the printing mm-hmm. and all that. But honestly, the most expensive thing is getting the shirts because... Uh, Y'all do multiple different you know, kinds, like full cotton, polyester blend, like anything like that? Yeah. Rayon, like, uh, our boss, he, he, he's connected to, like, probably 20 warehouses, and each of those warehouses has, like, five different shirts. So, like... Or not five, but you know, like, like more like fifty. So like most of the time, we get just a normal Gildan, uh, hundred percent cotton, or no? Yeah, I think like fifty cotton, uh, fifty poly, and uh, pretty basic shirts. And those, I think, um, if I were to if I were to order a shirt from him, it'd be like five bucks. But he does a markup 
because they are a customer. Mm-hmm. And that'll be like probably ten bucks a shirt. Maybe a little ten bucks if they provide a shirt or ten bucks if they don't have a shirt. About ten bucks if they don't have a shirt. And that's and that's one of the cheaper shirts too. Well that that's not half as bad as I thought, honestly. Like for for the work but you do. When it comes to the all right, so for what? the work that y'all do, I was I'm surprised at how low that is. Yeah, when the shirts, because it does get expensive. Because a lot of shirts, um, to even consider getting anything done for you, you have to basically order in bulk. Oh, uh, okay. Like, so, like, what's the minimum that you would consider a bulk? I think minimum is like thirty six. Whoa. And maximum what we've done, like we did a job for Odessa College just this past year for, uh, I think, their orientation. And I'm pretty sure it was like 20,000 shirts. Came in three pallets at 27 boxes each. You know, like each box probably had like I don't know, 100 shirts in it maybe. Something like that. It It was pretty wild. And we also did Back to back, so it was really more like forty thousand shirts. Ooh. Whenever we actually printed, because we had to print one side, which was the twenty thousand, and then the other side, which ended up in forty. Was that was were those pretty long days for you? Just doing the same very shirt long. over and over and over. Very long, very long days. Uh, I think it was about two weeks straight of probably twelve-hour days just printing. Same job, not so. Oh my goodness. You're like, I freaking hate Odessa College. Yeah, it was pretty <laughs> terrible. And I bet the designs weren't like, too exciting, were they? The designs what? weren't too exciting? Like, no, nah, it was just their, their, I think their mascot, and on the back, it was the sponsors of this event that they were having, you know, like some companies and whatnot. Nice. But that's why it was pretty cool. I, I mean, I like it now. I don't want to stay there forever, you know. I don't want to be anchored to one thing for a long time. That's just the, the kind of person mm-hmm. I am. You know, I want to get a experience. I want to live my life, you know. I'm, I'm 20 years old. I don't want to get stuck at one thing when I'm 20, you know. Where, where do you want to go? Honestly, and I know this kind of sounds dumb it kind of goes against what i basically said but like i kind of just want to go to a ranch somewhere in colorado or new mexico up in the mountains be a you know a ranch hand there help out work my way up and sure that's anchoring down to one place but that's just the kind of work i like outside in the nice cold or hot, you know, I like physical work. Yeah, I got you. I guess uh, you you've worked in like over there by Balmeray before, right? For the scouts. Yeah, PTSD. How was that? Did you enjoy that? It was a love hate relationship, but it leaned more on the love side. Did um, they demand a lot? Because you, it was... Or was it like what? <laughs> what was the hate side? Yeah, it was demanding a lot. Um, I was, when I first started working there, I think I was 14 or 15. Um, it was in the middle of a canyon outside of Balmeray, 
the road to get to this place, just the road to get there, I'm sure you remember from it. You're talking about Death Curve? You're talking about Death Curve? Oh, yeah, uh, that's part of it. Yeah, that entire road, Quinn, is 13 miles long just to get to the camp. And that's after passing Balmeray, getting on one of the longer highways, I think. And then you finally turn off. And then and then you go on the 13 miles. So there's no service. Um, like, there's a lot of bad things, but there's also a lot of good things. Because I, I worked with a lot of good people. Um, it did get hot, but it also got cold. Because, you know, it was in the middle of the mm-hmm. desert. Outside of Alpine and Balmeray. Um It's interesting because uh, you learn to, or at least I learned to live with, I mean, I was already a scout. I'm an Eagle Scout at this time. Um, so I already learned to live with nature, but it was funny because uh, I, was, I was one of the older staff, but not quite the oldest. I was like the youngest out of the old kids. So I think I was like 15 or 16. So they put me in these uh, these tents, uh, uh, Tricky Gap, that's what it was called. So it was a, a concrete slab with a metal frame over it that they put a, a canvas tent on. And that was my home for a few summers. Very luxurious. Very. And... I always had daddy long legs in there. I remember when I first started working there, I, I got them all out, took away their webs and stuff. But then I realized over the next couple of days, I'd have, I'd have scorpions, other, you know, undesirable, like, insects, stuff I didn't want, <laughs> you know. So I think the daddy, leg, daddy long legs finally uh, came back in, and I kept them in. They had their own side of the tent because I was by myself. It could fit two people, but the person across from me had their stuff there, but was never there. Never saw the person who. Like they just was. slept in another place, or what? I think so, or or they got there at the beginning of the summer, or like before it, and just left their stuff there and never came back for it. Oh, huh. it was it was pretty weird. It gave you more room, though. You can't complain about that. Yeah, that is true. I just folded up his blanket and moved aside his pillow, and that's where I put my stuff to keep it off the ground. My stuff was very organized. Very put together. But, uh, the daddy long... Very put together, very... Very put together. But, um, that place had its charm. Uh, I remember this one time, there was this kid there named Fish. Well, his name wasn't actually Fish, but we called him Fish. I think his name was Noah, Noah Shreves. And he was, he was smart. He was a smart kid, but he's also very dumb with what he did with his <laughs> intellect. Um, Cause he took engineering classes at Odessa college. And <laughs> one time he made this potato gun out of like, like, I don't know the science behind it. It was a, I think a pipe pretty decent sized pipe welded to a shut off valve welded to another small pipe and then he would uh, get an air compressor fill air where that shut off valve is 
uh, like right behind it, then put in a wadding, like paper towels, napkins, something like that, through the thinner mm-hmm. tube, and then you would put something in front of that. And then if you wanted to shoot, you would open that shutoff valve and all the air in the air compressor, or that uh, behind that shutoff valve would come out, you know, because honestly, if we, if he wasn't there and we tried using that by ourselves, we would have probably created a pipe bomb and done some damage to ourselves. But I remember it was funny because uh, he put this plunger stick in the thinner pipe. It was like the perfect circumference. It was like, and like, it was just perfect. And he let it go. And man, that thing sounded like a shotgun when it went off. And we saw it just head off right into the mountains. And we took off because you know, it was like midnight, one o'clock. Like, oh, this is not good. And then I think, so there was also this thing called the Sunrise Hike that uh, scouts and staff would do. Mm -hmm. And the Sunrise Hike is pretty cool because, man, sunrises there in Balmeray were just amazing. Because, you know, all the dust particulates in the air, you know. West Texas sunrises in general, bro, there's like no place like it. That's true. I think the only other place is like New Mexico and that's it. And it's only like a certain spot in New Mexico. I think it's like Santa Fe. And, but man, like, I remember we were on our way up there, and you know what we found? What? We found that plunger stick, but we didn't find it whole. We found it completely shattered. So, like, it kept its velocity for about a mile and a half out mm-hmm. until it hit that part of the trail and just exploded. Whenever it hit. Seems like he really went on out making this. I mean, like, don't most people just use, like, PVC pipe and stuff? You're saying, like, he, like, actually welded, like, a metal rod? Yeah. It was pretty wild. Um, he also made this thing. It was it was the a hatchet handle with uh, this metal uh, kind of ribbon like this uh, strip of metal at the top of it uh, really wrapped around it real tight then hammered down uh, so it uh, fit onto the handle mm-hmm. better. Then he welded a uh, a saw blade to it. But I think he cut a third out of it and uh, he used it to get rid of cat claw around the tents and stuff like that. So, like, like I said, he knew what he was doing, but uh, the way he did it wasn't quite smart. You know what I'm saying? I think we have a potential murder case. Nah, he wasn't like that. He he was cool, though. He just just made stuff for fun, like dumb redneck stuff? Yeah. Okay. That's exactly what. I was worried he's like, yeah, I made this, like, uh, really sharp hatchet, you know, that I attached to a slingshot that I can kill a man from 20 yards away. You're like, oh, that's cool. Nice. <laughs> now that I think about it, uh, I don't think it was him that got fired, but there was a kid that he bunked with that actually made a crossbow out of stuff around the uh, the ranch. 
and like none of us knew about this until I think I think I was the first one to find out because everybody was like, "Whoa, what happened to this to this kid?" And then I think I needed to go find something in like the main office where my boss was, uh, uh, the camp director and all that. And I was like, "What's that?" And they're like, "Oh, that's uh, that's why we're sending a kid home." <laughs> and I was like, "What do you mean?" like because he was building a crossbow and probably intended to use it i was like oh that's not good yikes not just a bow a crossbow yeah it didn't even look like a crossbow but from what i heard apparently it worked yikes but um yeah there was a lot of stories at that place uh i used to have this uh on the notes for the iPhone, mm-hmm. there is, uh, we used to have this thing called the quote board. We call it the tricky gap quote board. And anytime somebody said something stupid or something dumb or something that was just so out of, out of place, we wrote it down into our phones or typed it in. And I wish I still had it, but this was before I had a i iCloud account. Mm-hmm or an Apple account. And, well, I did, but it was, like, shared through, like, my mom. And she got a new phone, but it was a Galaxy, you know, so Samsung. So, like, uh, I try to remember some of these quotes. Like, one of them, I think we were talking about something. Oh, yeah, I remember what it was. Uh, so there was this chick that used to work there. Uh... Her name was Cat, and you know she was pretty attractive. This you know, Western chick, you know, like pretty filled mm-hmm. in. And I can't remember. Uh, I think we were sent one of the cabins, and we we're all just talking shit. And someone was like, "Well, like, yeah, well, we better be quiet because I think, you know, I think we were talking, you know, pretty about you know funky stuff. And like, well, uh, I think Cat's outside, so you know, like." You know, like, bring it down. And my friend Jackson, he's like, oh, she's coming in. She's going to walk out uh, with a limp. And I was like, oh, my God. Or, like, one time we were playing um, Monopoly in the Buffalo Hall. And Buffalo Hall was uh, basically a commune place where, like, a bunch of people could just come in and sit, you know. Okay, cool. It's so we were, me and my friend Jackson were there uh, playing Monopoly, and uh, one of the ladies came out, uh, one of like the office assistants. She's like, "What are y'all doing out here so late?" And uh, my friend was like, "We're building an economic uh, empire or something like that." It, like it's funnier whenever you're there, you know, kind of like, you know, like it's kind of it's an inside joke kind of thing, you know. So you really wouldn't get it. Yeah. But it was just, in the moment, it was pretty funny. Um, Just a bunch of dumb stuff. Or, like, uh, everybody had their own catchphrase. Like, there was this uh, kid, Russell, that used to work there. And almost every sentence he started, started with, I'm going to be honest. So we called him, I'm going to be honest, Russell. Or um, there's this guy that worked there. I can't remember his name. I think it was, uh, 
Addison Atticus. It was a weird name. It was a big dude, big fat dude. Uh, and anytime somebody said something stupid, uh, kind of like what that was good for the quote board, he would tell us to walk the ranch road, like ranch road now, and like point at it, because you know, <laughs> like get out of here, you're like you're stupid, man. I kind of wish I could live that those days again. Even though it sucked, it was also pretty fun. Did it? I guess uh, being around it kind of made you appreciate escaping and kind of getting out in nature more, right? Yes, that's exactly what it was. Is that is that kind of where you developed this uh, want to be like a ranch worker? Or is kind that of. from somewhere else? I think it was partly that and partly I don't want to sit at a retail center all my life, taking orders, you know. Yeah. From a corporate business, you know. That's just not who I am. Um, I like nature, and I like, but I also like working. You know, you got to sustain your stuff. You got to sustain yourself somehow. So, figure, you know, what's a good mixture of both worlds? being a ranch hand somewhere in Colorado or New Mexico. So for now, you're just kind of coasting along, kind of getting some income in. Yeah, this will probably happen in five years to ten years. You know, it's going to take a while to do it. But, you know, it's going to happen. Well, it, you know, it may happen sooner. You may just somebody come approach you, some random guy, and you work out some kind of deal or whatever. That is true. Like that might happen. Don't sell yourself short just because of where you live. <laughs> that is true. Midland is pretty terrible. That's what. Uh, last night I was at IHOP and this uh, there was an entrepreneur sitting at a table next to us. I think he was like a social media poster or something for an oilfield company, and he just started talking to us and and he was talking about. That's where I got that quote from. He's. And I was like, eh, you know, Millen's right. He's like, well, I've been all over the world. And I say, if you can make six figures somewhere else, don't sell yourself short because of where you live. Go out and try and find something that you love. Take a, what's it called? A sabbatical from your job, you know, and kind of explore, find what you want. That is a good idea. I've uh, I've had this idea where like some somewhere in my life, I'm just gonna take a year off from whatever I'm doing, and convert like a a U-Haul to like a little living room that I can live in, and just travel the country, interviewing people and and doing uh, graphic designs on my computer or something. Oh yeah, that'd be dope. Then hopefully get a few friends along the way, but. Just need to explore, Maybe. appreciate uh, the U.S. a little more, you know? Oh, yeah, 100%. For me, like, my top options are Colorado, New Mexico, but I think, shoot, even Alaska would be pretty cool, you know? There's a lot of money to be made in Alaska. Yeah, that's true, but for the most part, you got to learn some trade, you know? Mm-hmm. 
Well, I know I know a few welders that used to work in Alaska, and they would get paid tons. Like they would they would uh, be flown up there, their flight paid for. They stay up there for two weeks. Get it's like they get like three hundred an hour, and then they fly down and they take a week off, and all of its all the expenses are paid for. <laughs> that sounds pretty good to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you. No kidding. Or, um, shoot, I would like to even be one of those people that, like, um, what's it called? Like a, like a ranger for a national park. That'd be cool, too. That would be pretty neat. But you'd have to get into law enforcement first in order to do that, I'm sure. Oh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not, not like a game warden, oh. but like a... Like a camp ranger. I got you. Okay. Because uh, I know uh, the ranger for BTSR, uh, Ranger Dan, we had him, and now it's uh, Ranger Keith. Uh, I don't think either of them were in law enforcement or anything like that. They just had to know a lot of things about the wild. Like um, Ranger Dan had to go every trail at BTSR with a rope and then tie a knot at every mile in the dark. Wow. Or something like that. And, like, to know how far you traveled in a mile in the dark. And then tie a knot so you know that that's a mile right there, you know. It's pretty wild to me. Just having a general concept of how far things are. Yeah. And you had to do that to every trail. And I think there's, like... can't remember... There's like hundred and something miles of trails up there at BTSR. Mm-hmm. There's a lot because there's like black trails, and some of those trails go out to like just shoot. I don't even know. They just keep on going. What was the trail that we took for the ROTC trip? Do you remember? It was a green trail, and we took it up to the notch. The notch is that area where we climbed up on and where the water was. Mm-hmm. That's one of the easier ones because there's only like a mile and a half. Now, it doesn't take tip- typically that long to hike it, I assume, than we took, right? I mean... No, it doesn't take that long. I think it only took as long because that colonel was there, right? Mm-hmm. We had to stop a bunch. Colonel's old freaking dumb head. I can talk smack about her because she's not in there anymore. And I'm not in high school anymore, so this isn't defamation or anything. You'd probably talk smack even if you were still in high school, let's be honest here. That is true. I wonder where she is yeah. right now. Probably like El Paso. I used to like her, but I think my senior year, I was like, dang, she really just hates us. <laughs> That's why I don't like her anymore. Well, she wasn't there senior year. Didn't she leave or, after? Uh, junior year. It was junior year. Yeah, she left junior year. I left after sophomore year, thank goodness, because apparently it didn't go so well after I left. Well, my senior year, which, uh, see, junior year sucked because, you know, that was like Colonel's last year. So she kind of like took out all of her grievances on us. Um, it's just, she didn't hold back anymore. I guess from all the stuff she used to 
like think she would now just say out loud you know like talk smack to us you know like well i'm gonna fail y'all <laughs> it's like for what eh, it's because i feel like it it's like all right cool thanks colonel but uh senior year was actually pretty good um because colonel left but chief was by himself but luckily we had a bunch of good cadets that uh helped him out and actually reinvigorated the ROTC program. Well, that's how it should be, you know. It should be mainly the cadets running it with the support of the superiors, obviously. Oh, yeah, 100%. And, uh, Chief, I think he was very appreciative. And I feel, I kind of feel bad for Chief, though, because, um, you know, after we graduated, that was the, that was his last group because they uh, shut down ROTC, not because of COVID or anything, but because uh, I think my senior year, we passed inspection, but we didn't have 100 people. So that dude was going to come back the following year, and they didn't have 100 people. Yeah, I heard about that. That's that's real unfortunate. So if, you, so if you're going to Lee and you sign up for ROTC, don't they bus you to the Midland High one now? Or is, it, no clue. or is it just not even offered? So. I don't even think it's offered. That's rough. So that's why I feel bad for Chief because, I mean, heck, who knows? He might be better now because, you know, might, you know, be fully retired. <laughs> you know, he's got his daughters. He's, si- his he's sitting on a beach sipping a margarita and not caring at all. That is, yeah, that's probably what it is. <laughs> So what was it the main reason that Colonel left those because the first time y'all failed inspection? So she's like, "All right, that's it, I'm out." Uh, no, I don't think so. That's what I, I heard. Think she, I think she was just retiring, but she she wanted us to fail the last inspection. Uh, the not the one we did for Chief, or we passed. But the one we did for Colonel, she wanted us to fail that. Like, like hardcore, like, and, and we did, so that's one, that's when we got Chief back, but, you know. Man. Hate that. She sucks. I don't like her. Bygones are bygones, right? No. They're not. I'll always have a grudge. I'll always hate her. I will always hate her. Deep hatred. I see her in public, and this is, I don't care if this incriminates myself. I'm going to trip her. I'm going to, I'm going to kick her. I'm going to expose her. I'm going to fold her in half. Looking old lady. I want to do that to my grandma because she's a nice old lady. But this old lady, nah, she's evil. Nah. You're going down, grandma. Yeah. What about you? Uh, how's your truck doing? Uh, what happened to your wife's truck? And I saw that you said it's finally fixed, but like, what happened to it in the first place? Um, I think. Okay, so first, uh, the batteries died, and then mm-hmm. so we replaced those. Then the fuel ran out. When we tried to bleed the lines, the starter caught on fire. So replace the starter, bled the lines, but it ran for a week. And then it, uh, I don't think we tightened one of the injector lines. 
So then it wouldn't start again, so I had to bleed the lines again. So I think it's okay now. See, because I like that truck. I like that. I like that redneck grill you got on the front. Yeah. It's pretty iconic at this point. Like I, remember, I remember, like, people used to talk, not like our friend group, but, like, random people used to talk shit. Like, man, who, who's redneck piece of shit is that? And I was like, well, that's, my, and I used to think to myself, that's my friend Quinn. I know what it is. And like, y'all are just dumb and unappreciative because that's pretty badass looking if I do say so myself. Y'all are just haters. What could I say? Exactly what it is. Just haters. I think that's funny. I've I I've never heard of like anybody like outside of the friend group talk about it. I'm sure people have, but right. and they're mainly just random people that just want to talk shit about it. So for context of people who haven't seen the truck and are listening to this, I basically have this wall of square tubing in on the front of my truck because the bumper's missing. And then there's a, a Punisher skull in the middle. And it's all blacked out. Like I uh Put bed liner on it. But yeah, it's been on there for a long time. It's amazing. It is beautiful. But sadly there there is a possibility that it will be going away by the end of this year. Why? Um just talking to my parents, we kinda of talked about it. And we're thinking, because I'm about to go off to college next semester, probably need something more reliable, just so I can make it home, for sure. It's sad, but I don't want to see it go, but, you know. Plus, once once gas prices go back up, diesel's going to be expensive. That is true. I I wish I had, like, a, a relative that would be like, yeah, I'll buy it off of you. And they can just like keep it around, you know, so that yeah, one day I can buy I it back. I don't know how to. I'm not a truck connoisseur, vehicle connoisseur, you know. <laughs> I'm never leaving the pickup truck gang. That's for sure. That's true. You'll never catch like, me in a sedan. Say what? You'll never catch me in like a sedan or anything. I don't know. Freaking Honda Civic. Yeah. <laughs> like my 2003 uh, Chevy Silverado. Man, I love that old bastard. Yeah. Love it. You see my truck, right? Uh, I think so, yeah. Little tan one, single cab. And it's single cab, too. That's the crazy thing. Hey, man, single cabs are badass. Just saying. Exactly. Just enough for you and your friend or you and your girlfriend or whatever, well, you know? And, like, in Texas, it's legal to ride in a pickup bed. So, if you're over the age of 18. So, why does it matter? Sure. Exactly. Well, I have an extended cat. They look dumb anyway. <laughs> like, who wants a door that doesn't work unless the door that's connected to that door is open? That's stupid. Well, the- Nobody wants. The new Chevy extended cabs, like, they're just half a door that open like a regular door. It's just, like, half the size of it. It's still dumb. <laughs> and I will... It looks goofy. Freaking. I do want one of those new Chevys, though, like those Texas editions. Ooh. Like the heavy duty or the light duty? I 
think the heavy duty and some pretty trucks. I think I saw one that was like blacked out. Ugh. Mm. And it's not compensating. I just like the way it looks. <laughs> yeah, if I want to put a lift kit on my truck, it's not because I'm compensating. It's because I like to look down at people, okay? <laughs> I like that. I like that better. You know what I mean? That is a, that's a good way to put it. I like looking down. I know you underneath. You're underneath. You don't mean anything to me. I assert myself on the road. <laughs> I, the only thing I don't like is when people like lift theirs extremely high or lower it too much. Do you remember Orcut? Yes. Uh, this truck was so nice. The You're and talking about the C10, he, right? Yeah, and then he lowered it. It looks so good stock, like stock height, you know? I know. And then he lowered it. I mean, it's his truck. He can do whatever. But if it was me, <laughs> I wouldn't have done it. You remember Devin McGuire's truck, his green one? Um. Yes, the fast one. Mm-hmm. He didn't lower it. That was stock height, and he still made it quick. But blew up three transmissions, I think. So, yeah, there is that. That is true. Hey, man, what, whatever they want to do, I ain't against I that. Just... I'll tell you what, man. What would you do if you were rich? Like, if you had, not extremely rich, if you just had one million dollars, what would you do with it? Like, uh, is there a context on what I'd spend it on, or is it just like a million dollars? Here you go. Just a million dollars. Here you go. What are you gonna do? I think I'd start by getting a new truck, like mm-hmm. dream truck, like getting the truck and then giving it to a company. I'm like, this is what I want done on it. Do this. It'd be like a '90s square body Dodge Diesel. I'd have it painted like either dark blue or like gray have nice stereo system seats. And then I'd also buy probably I'd soup up a van and then I would grab a big chunk of change. Right. And then I would take uh, all my friends, including you on a road trip just across America. And we just, Go nuts, have fun, just spend money. That's all I do. But I'd, I'd still have like a bunch still in a, like a savings account somewhere. True, true. Me, I would start stockpiling weapons, you know? Oh, you're a survivalist kind of guy? Like an apocalyptic well, way? More like survivalist in terms of I want to survive this next election if something bad happens. Okay. Um... You know, I want to be able to get freaking 30-round mags, get 20 of them, and not have to worry about a dang By 10 suppressors. Year. 10 suppressors. I mean, you might have to wait for the tax stamp for a year, but, you know, I paid for them. Yeah, we, got, we got ours in, like, four or five months. Oh, yeah. really? Company in Austin did it. That's dope. Um... I would give uh, my 
schematics or my what I want. Like you said, for your truck, I would give mine to like a company, a custom gun maker, uh, gunsmith. Like uh, I want, ooh, I want a forty-five seventy lever action rifle. All right, but I want it with a tactical, you know, like a Picatinny rail. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. With that, um, I want it to be able to hold at least seven rounds because I think most 4570s hold five. So I want it them to have it seven. But I want it to be made with a strong metal that's also light. So like, because most 4570s, they're just straight up nothing but steel and wood. You, know? you got to be a, a big armed boy to hold one of those. Exactly. And I am the big arm boy, but you know. <laughs> but still, it gets I a little tiring after a while. I just want to be able to have it a little bit lighter. Say what? It gets a little tiring after putting a few rounds down. Exactly. So I want to have one that's, you know, cuts off a few pounds. Of course, it's going to add on a few pounds because I want seven rounds, so that's going to make that magazine tube a little bit longer. But, um, yeah, I want to pick tin rail, some next-gen, you know, optics, you know, some night vision, some thermals, some EOTech, you know, hollow holographics, you know, stuff like that. Nice, nice. And that's just one. I got... We got a million dollars. You can go all out. Exactly. And that's only a few thousand right there, you know? And then, after I get all my guns and stuff, let's say... That's if I go like all out on like ten guns. Let's say that's two hundred fifty thousand right there. Mm-hmm. Right, if I go all out, get everything for them, you know, all that. Then my truck, I'm gonna get somebody. I will probably either upgrade the truck I have now, or find somebody that has that truck in close to mint condition as possible, because it's light. It's got a powerful engine, you know? Yeah. Single cab. But I want somebody to do a really nice, like like I said, I don't know anything about trucks. But, like, I want to hire somebody that knows all about it. I want them to do, like, an engine swab where I'll be able to push 180 if I wanted to. Man, I want armor plating on the inside of the doors, the bed, right next to my gas tank. So, you know... Kind of like a bug out truck. Yeah. Shit, it's the fan. It goes bad. I want a color so obnoxious that that they added to the LGBT flag. That yeah, there's that. (laughs) No, I'm joking. Lime green. Dodge people. um, I want to be able to have an emplacement. I want to be able to add. I want to be able to make it a technical. You know. All the technical is is adding a machine gun onto a truck. I can't put the machine gun on said truck for legal reasons, mm-hmm. you know. But let's say if shit does hit the fan, I already have an emplacement where I will be able to, or I won't need to make modif- further modifications. I will already have it ready. All I need is that machine gun. And I already got one because I spent the $250,000. Right. Know? Have you ever heard of a guy named Jesse James? Yeah. 
Have you seen the truck he made for SEMA? Oh, you mean like nowadays Jesse James? Not... Yeah. No, I don't know who that is. Well, uh, he made like my dream truck, a first-in Dodge, like one ton. And in the back, like he's got a flatbed, right? In the back, he presses a button and this plate opens up and then this rack with a 50, uh, a Barrett 50 cal just pops out. Mm. Like it's concealer just, just pops out. It's freaking cool. That sounds amazing. Also, for, I think for like the past couple of months, he's been trying to do, do you know what Damascus steel is? Oh, yeah. he's been trying to do that with stainless steel. Cause he's a, he's a gunsmith too. And he finally mm. found the perfect mixture. And so now he's making, uh, I think, I don't know, uh, probably, I think, I think it's a 1911. He's going to make like a, a stainless steel Damascus body for it. And it's going to look sick. That's probably the most rugged pistol that will ever exist mm-hmm. on the face of the planet. <laughs> I think it's the most recognizable other than like maybe a Glock, you know? No, oh, I mean, like, it's going to be the most rugged because it's Damascus, but stainless steel, you know what I'm saying? It's going to be a beauty is what it's going to be. And it's just not going to break, at least if all the insides are working mm-hmm. right. But, man. Earlier you were talking about how you kind of, like, fall in love with nature and the idea of being out on a ranch. Do you think, as years go on, that people, it's going to be so hard to get people disconnected from the internet and get them, like, to go out into nature more? Oh, it's already happened. <laughs> it's going to get worse as time goes on, but it's already happened. There's already people that I know, like, that I'm friends with that absolutely dread the idea of, hey, let's go camping. Not even, not even camping. Let's go to a cabin in the woods. You know, a nice cabin. Like, no self-service, we're just going to go chill, hang out, and they're like, nah, I want to watch videos and eat popcorn. You're like, what the fuck? You can eat popcorn at the cabin, shut up, you know? <laughs> Stop being a pussy, come on. Exactly. Man, sucks. Like, because it's so fun, you know? There's nothing like disconnecting. For like a week from the internet, you know, it just it I can, time moves so much differently. Oh yeah, it does. But in a sense, for me, it moves faster. Mm-hmm. I agree with you on that. I, I guess I enjoy it more if I'm out in that setting. I enjoy it more, so it moves faster. In this area that we are, if we're constantly like me, don't get me wrong, I love playing video games. I'm on my phone. I have Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook. You know, uh, movies, so Amazon Prime, Netflix, HBO. You know, I love all that. But I can live without it for a month, if not forever. You know, like if it's a necessity, I'll throw it away. What do I care? Mm -hmm. You know, return back, reject reject modernity, return to monkey. You know what I'm saying? Like... To me, it feels it feels almost liberating to like be without it for a while, like proving to yourself that you can be, 
because I know for me and a lot of people, they have a problem with FOMO. Do you know what FOMO is? Mm-mm. It's it's the feeling of being left out of a friend group. And I think like when you see people hanging out on Instagram, there's pictures of their friends and on Snapchat and stuff, you feel left out and you feel very alone. But when you kind of like yeah. get off the social media and you're just by yourself or with, you're with friends and you're just enjoying nature, you're able to disconnect and not really have all those stresses or worries. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Man. I'll tell you what. Everybody just needs to do it. Like, they just need to have a reality check and say to say to themselves, you know, do I really need to rely on these things? You know, think about like this, like money's not real, you know, mm-hmm. like it is, but it isn't. It's only because we live in this society. No, wrong. money is a good thing. Like I just brought up that idea. What do you do if I, if you had a million dollars, you know, that'd be awesome. You know, if I return back to nature, what would I do with 10 pine cones? I'm going to trade those 10 pine cones for some bear fat and moose meat. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Like there's trading, you know, there's all this stuff. So like, Plus, all the stuff that you get in nature is ten times better than what you get now. Like the PS5. Ooh, I want that mother of technology, you know. But that compares nothing to, you know, having the the knowledge on how to make a shelter and, you know, in a survival situation. Yeah. You know? So, thankfully, I have both because, you know, I'm an Eagle Scout. And, you know, got to represent like PTSR. I lived without all those things, you know, sure. I had my phone, but I listened to music because I couldn't use it for anything. Mm -hmm. But I can live without music. You can make your own music. Where do you think campfire songs came from? You know, Uh, a a podcast. You millennials, oh my goodness. You don't understand. I just find it crazy. Stuff is like need to go out. I think the worst part about being like like in the city, like not out in nature, is when you're hanging out with a group of friends, like in that setting compared to around a campfire in a place that has no cell service. You'll notice that at least 80% of those people are on their phone. You know, that's the worst is when you're in a group setting and most of the people are on their phone. Yeah, that's true. Like, like I can notice that when I go out and like eat out with friends and stuff, you know, there's always going to be like at least 60% of that group that's going to be. The texting on Instagram or something like that. Put it down. Enjoy people. And I, I feel like the, this whole COVID situation made it worse. And, you know, I've seen this point brought up so many times. We're getting so disconnected from each other. Like, even right now, me and you having this podcast, even though it seems like we are interacting, we're disconnecting. We're doing this over the phone. Yeah. You know, we're not in person. We're not having this conversation 
with me and you talking in front of a group of people. You know what I'm saying? Which there's this disconnection from humanity from like that's why relationships aren't lasting in this COVID. That's why friendships are, you know, breaking apart, you know, because you forget what it's like to have this physical connection, this, this uh, grounding in reality, you know what I'm saying? Not even the physical connection either. I mean, politically, we've never been more disconnected, you know? Mm-hmm. People's viewpoints have been the turning tide of a friendship. I know that a lot of people have, like, blocked people because of how they their political viewpoints or who they're voting for. And I think that's just the most ridiculous thing ever. You know? We can all have our different opinions without hating each other. We've become a, a divided country of leftists and rightists. That's true. And we, we've forgotten that it's the United States. And that's the thing, like, uh, in our riots, you know, freedom of religion, freedom of speech. We have these freedoms. And, you know, these are our natural rights. But people fail to realize that my your natural rights don't, what's it called, um, trump mine. Mm-hmm. You know, like we can still be on a level of respect where we don't have to block each other, you know, or like you feel the need to hate me because I like this person more than I like this person, you know. And in the end, you know, like don't get me wrong, I consider myself not really Republican, conservative, you know, like like you said, leftists and writers. I guess I'm on the right side of the right side of the spectrum, mm-hmm. you know. But in the end. We're we're truly happy with no masters. The government is our master, whether we like it or not. Donald Trump, you know, all these people. We re- we relinquish ourselves, our social identity to them, like we we put them first before ourselves. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, why do that? You know? And in the end, we should really be watching out for ourselves. You know? Like, that's why, in my opinion, the best state is no state. You know? Like... I like that. Best state is no state. Like, uh, there's this Instagram page that I follow... I'm going to give them a shout out. They're called anti-state, you know, and they, and they really shed light on things for me, you know, like politicians forget where they come from, who put them in office, you know, mm-hmm. like, all the people that are taking away your rights have names and addresses, folks, you know what I'm saying? They are just obsessed, subset. <laughs> I can't say the word. They are just as easily vulnerable as you are. There's still people, but we have given them this power. Exactly. 
Why do we do that? I don't. Don't get me wrong. Every aspect of anything in human history, there will be someone with power. Oligarchies, patriarchies, matriarchies, you know, ancient Native American tribes would would have, you know, this patriarch and they would have, you know, someone in power. That's the way it's always going to be. Don't get me wrong, right? That's just how human nature... And I'm human nature. That's how it is throughout the entire animal kingdom. There will always be an alpha, mm-hmm. you know? But this whole thing, this whole country of 300, you know, 300 million Americans, we give up ourselves to a mere, you know, few hundred along with, you know, president, you know, blah, blah, blah. Don't get me wrong, you know, in this day and age, it's probably, you know, completely impossible to have no state, but it is the best way because we will govern ourselves, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And somebody always brings up the argument, you know, well, are you for a kid, you know, having something bad happen to them, you know, blah, 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 if there's no state, like, who's going to protect that kid? We will. We the people. Like, most humans, most people in America have morals, right? I think everybody has morals. It's just whether those yeah, morals are morals. good, you know. Yeah, there's that. But, like, every argument that always comes up whenever I say, well, you know, the best state is no state, you know, no masters, no rulers, you know, like, well, that's just going to devolve on the anarchy. Well, in some places it might, you know, some places like like California, no state, oh my god, that's gonna be a junky ridden kingdom I don't, of like even without this whole bit about um like no power and stuff, I don't know how California or how long it's gonna take for them to recover from this. Like, yeah, exactly. It's gonna be a long, painful ride, man. But like I just wish it, it saddens me. Me and you, Quinn, even our parents, are the only we're the generations that had no frontier to look towards. No manifestation, no motivation. The only thing that's left is space. And most people are gonna like by the time we get to the point where everybody is space-bound and, like, discovering planets and stuff like that, making settlements, that's going to be another 500 to 1,000 years from now, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's if humans haven't wiped each other out from another 20 wars, you know? Some disease, some natural disaster. Some nuclear catastrophe. You know? Yeah. Like, I mean, do we put do we put too much imp, uh, like importance on social acceptance? You know, I feel like that's become such a big part. Like, uh, we've we keep brainwashing the next generation into thinking you have to be sociably acceptable, and I feel like you know it's conformity to society, 
and we lose a lot of our unique characteristics when we do that. My opinion on this, on that, like, like you can be gay, have five legs. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. You know, if you're not affecting me or my children, you know, directly, you know, like, as long as I know there isn't an evil agenda behind what you're doing, live out your life, man. Go ahead. Do it. We're all here for, you know. We're here for a short time. Yeah. Yeah. The universe is infinite. Time is infinite, but we're here for only not even a fraction. We're here as a dust particle of that amount of time. You know, go ahead, do it. If you find, if it makes you happy. But, like, like I said, because there are things that make people happy, like, you know, murdering makes people happy to certain people, you know. That's like, well, that's where I bring that point. If you're not hurting me or other people directly, if it's not an evil agenda, go ahead, live out your life. I don't care. I might not be the same as you, like, if you're gay, but I'm not gay, I have a wife and I have two children, you know, like, if you needed help with something, I would probably help you out, as long as you're a good person, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And that's where I stand on that. We need, we need to stop focusing on what makes us different, and instead... Uh maybe probably have a standard of morality instead of a social deal, a social acceptance. You don't have to accept every viewpoint, but should we at least respect it? Yeah, I think so. And that's how, that's how it should be. That's like what we were talking about earlier with politics. That's how it should be. But there's always, there's always those people on both sides, no matter what, who are going to hate each other because they heard somebody else say something, so they're going to believe it, and then it's going to, like, earlier on Facebook today, there was a thing about abortions, you know, and me, personally, I I hate it. I don't like abortions, and somebody always brings up something with, you know, what about rape, incest, or a pregnancy that will kill both the pregnant mother and the child, which occurs for, which only presents, like, what, 0.5% or 0.05% of all abortions. Mm -hmm. It's a terrible thing. I don't like it. You know, but like, I will respect somebody, somebody's opinion. It doesn't mean I will like, like, personally, like, make them my favorite person, but I'm not going to go out of my way and hate them for it. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what we should strive to be. You know, there will always be that part of me that's like, man, you know, they really don't like babies. But there's also that part of me that's like, well, you know, that's how they think. I'm not going to put my opinion into them. I'm not going to drop my ceilings because they're not, you know, like they might be trying to do it to me, but I'm not going to do it to them, you know, their opinions. Like this podcast right now, like, you know, people will cherry pick what, what they like in this podcast. Like, wow, I like what he said. I like what he said. You know, or they'll do the opposite. Like, well, I fucking hate what he said. I hate what he said, you know, but like, you shouldn't make that about, like, you shouldn't make that about everything. Yeah. 
you know, like, just, just live your life, man. Don't, don't hate somebody else for what they think. I only have a few exceptions for that rule. If you're, if you're a pedophile or a life taker, I don't care what your opinion is. It showed up, but, um, and for legal reasons, this is a joke. I would probably do something bad to them. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But like, but that's the, those are the only two exceptions. But other than that, leave your life. Do what you want. You know? Well, I think the line that uh, shouldn't be crossed is if your intention is to do harm onto good, then fuck you. That's, that's the end of it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like if you're you're a pedophile, you're trying to harm somebody. I'm gonna I'm gonna kill you. That's what I'm gonna do. Sorry. That's the one thing I miss about this country or this world is frontier justice, man. Like there are, like think about it. Think about how many registered sex offenders. You know how many pedophiles are on a are on the list and you know where they live but you can't do anything because social justice dictates it or social uh you know requirement dictates it I, I don't like thinking about it i got a little sister i already gotta worry about a bunch exactly like i have a, little, I have a baby brother you know like like he could be 20 years old and i'll be 40 and i was still thinking of my little brother you know yeah I can't believe there are these people that do these evil things and get away with it. You know? Like, oh, they didn't get away with it. They served their time and they're registered sex offenders. No. They're living comfortably comfortably in their house. You, you know? slapped them on the wrist and say, now, hey, don't be, don't be doing that anymore. Exactly. That's exactly what that is. Sure, there's a social stigma of, you know, Oh, that guy's a pedophile. You know, that's that's the way they're always going to carry on the shoulders forever. Or, oh, that guy murdered somebody. You know, and think about it like this. If we were to do that, like, you know, murder a pedophile or kill someone, you know, we would have a social stigma of being a murderer. But, like, what we did is right, you know, morally, in a way. Like, it's right and wrong. You know, you took a life, but you stopped this bad thing from happening again. Mm-hmm. You know, and it sucks. I hate it. Like, like I said, frontier justice, man. That's why I wish it was still like 1845 because, you know, the whole town will, you know, if they found out this thing happened. Well, let's boom, go get this motherfucker. That person disappears. Nobody talks about it. You know, questions get asked by the police. Nobody knows a thing, but they know everything. Know what I mean? Yep. It just sucks. Does suck. like, like your dad? He's what again in the police? Chief. Yeah, he's police chief. I, I bet your dad has had the exact same thoughts, being police. You know. Man, I wish I could have put that scumbag down, but law dictates. Mm-hmm. I got to put him in jail. They got to, you know, right to, you know, a fair trial, you know, all that shit. Yeah, for sure. You know, 
Or they wanna, or they wanna like somebody, uh, I don't know, raped a woman, started running away. You would want to beat the hell out of that guy, right? But they can't. Yeah, you have to be. put him in handcuffs and then throw him. You can't because that's police brutality, you know. Yeah, and that's where I salute our people, our men in blue, our men and women in blue, because they have that restraint, you know. Because I know, like, I, I would never be able to, I would never be able to make it in the police or military. Hey, man, me Cause neither. Because, you know, there's rules of engagement, all that, you know. But, like, I know if I was a policeman and I saw, you know, I knew this dude was a rapist. He was running from us. He's got a smile on his face because he knew he did it. You're like, oh, yeah, you're sure dead. Get arrested and, <laughs> yeah. yeah, sure, he might get arrested and try blah, 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 you know sexual assault and all that you know he's got a smile on his face and I would want to wipe that smile away from his face with a with a shotgun you know I'm going to kick your teeth in yeah I'm going to kick your teeth in the back of your throat man it sucks I hate it I hate it so much and there's also the I'm just socially but like for your soul, man. Like, is it really worth it? I want to say it's worth it, you know? Yeah, it's it's hard because, you know, liberation for people is different for everybody in how they exactly. get that out. It's fucking terrible. Man, I, <laughs> I like how we're talking about, we went from, hey, man, what kind of job do you do? Uh, you know what? I'm gonna kill myself a pedophile. Hey man, that that's how the conversation evolves. That's how it goes. It flows naturally. That is true. You don't that swim upstream, you go with it. There we go. I like that. I like that a lot. Um man How about this? How about what? Let's go for something deep. Me and Swing, you know, of our activities. Yes. You know, so we talk about a lot of, talk about a lot of things. What about you, man? What do you think happens when you die? (sighs) I don't know, because recently I've been religiously questioning myself on whether I truly believe in the afterlife. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... I'd say the, the thing I'd best like to think of is is a reincarnation kind of deal, but in a sense, it's the equivalent to just blacking out and being erased because you forget your past life, so why does it matter that you're being reincarnated, you know? Yeah. That That's how I'd like to think of it. How do you Please. view it? For me, there's like a hundred different things from... What about right now? What do you think right now? Like, who's to say, man? You know, because, you know, energy is neither created nor destroyed. It just changes form, you know? That's a good theory. I mean, it's not a theory, but... That's not even, you know... Like, who's to say that we're not just the universe manifesting itself in a physical form to live out a mortal life. True. Not just me, but you, 
your dad, that plant over there, you know, that tree, that bird, you know what I'm saying? I guess you got to think, like, is your consciousness a part of matter? Like, are we actually a collective consciousness, and do we know that when we die, you know, we just return back to the universe, we change form again, you know? What if what if an incident occurs where reincarnation is real and something doesn't happen properly and you're able to remember your past life? Like, how crazy would that be? I know there are some stories of uh, kids, it's mainly kids um, who remember uh, their past stories. Like, I, I don't remember names, you know, I just see these, you know, these stories and I read them and they're pretty crazy. But like, there was this one, there was this kid remembered his whole life apparently he was this RAF pilot you know who died during World War II you know blah 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 you know nobody came to save him blah blah and he died and guess what he came back as this kid and now this kid is older and finally remembers things you know he can speak you know and he remembers his life and nobody knew about nobody knew where this RAF pilot was you know what happened to him but that kid did remember and it's not just this kid it's like, I've seen hundreds of these stories, you know, and it's just, it, it sucks. It's crazy. Like, yeah, like not even that, like, like if it's true, like that's a crazy and hard thing to come to terms with. Cause you know that nobody would probably believe you except a very small group. Yeah, exactly. Or what was I talking about? Like, here's another thing that I was talking about. Like, you know, God and the devil and Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And angels and demons. Like, I do believe there is good and evil. And evil will probably be described as demons and the devil. And the good will be described as God, Jesus, and the angels. You know? But, because, like, think about it. Every religion, every culture that dates far back to when humans could speak and elaborate on thought, that there are demons or evil spirits, or that there are angels or good, you know, kind spirits that will help you on your journey through life. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I always see that people are like, well, these are just, you know, stories that they told to the kids, you know, so they, they would behave correctly. But there's, like me, I, I, like I said, I believe in, you know, demons or what could just be evil incarnate, you know, just something evil, yeah. you know. And, but, like, how do I know that when I die, just because my actions throughout my life, like, what gives this God the right because I didn't believe in him growing up nor when I died what gives him the right for me to burn in hell eternally you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. so that's why me religiously I do believe there is something some kind of higher higher power both good and evil but maybe just not how everybody depicts it exactly like like, here's the thing. Like, everybody talks about there's a heaven and then there's a hell. But 
What if there's more? What if there's more? What if what if that's not even what if heaven and hell aren't just a heaven and a hell? What if it's just a different universe? It's just a different realm of reality. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. When you die, you get transported to that. You know, by some odd, horrible circumstance, you accidentally get sent to hell, or by some good one, you get sent to heaven, or by neither of them, by something else. You get sent to something else. And in, in this realm, everything is, you know, hunky-dory. You know what I'm saying? You're like, like these motherfuckers lied to me. Exactly. <laughs> like, And the thing that sucks is that we don't know until we die. <clears throat> yeah. Everything and everybody dies. Heck, everything in the universe dies. This sun that we have will die in like you know, the next six, like, I'm just giving it a guess, I don't know, four to six billion years, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, like, that sun will die. Our planet will die. Our our oceans will cease to exist. They will either freeze or they will evaporate into nothing. Our planets will, or our plants, uh, our plant life will wither and Decay, or you know, our f- flora and fauna that's a better, yeah. Our flora and fauna will just disappear, you know. It's just everything dies, nothing outlasts time. But could we really appreciate anything if nothing died? If everything lasted forever, could we ever appreciate and evolve and? Create new and better things. I don't know. That's the thing. I don't know. I don't know if I would. I don't know if I wouldn't. Just think about it. Like my truck. Like my truck's going to poop out probably in the next few years. You know. But like. It'll be a sad day when it does. It's going to be a sad day. You know. What if it never pooped out? I'd be like. Man. This is. This is a really good truck. I like this truck. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just a matter of if we were in that situation, what if nothing ever died, you know? And then in that situation, if we were, you know, like, what if things did die, you know? It's just, there's so many answers to, so many, there's more questions than there are answers, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's not an equal ratio. No, there's... Existence is Everybody always thinks that there's an answer to a question. Why just one answer? Who's to determine whether that answer is valid and if that is the correct answer? Or if there even is a correct answer? Or if there even is an answer. Yeah, there might not be an answer. It's so beyond our comprehension that there is not an answer but will we ever get to a point of enlightenment and evolve as human beings to where we can have the uh, maybe just an illusion that those answers are true is everything just an illusion or is morality just a set of rules dictated by a majority instead of ingrained into our minds that it is truly right we don't know. What if 
enlightenment is dying. You know? It's, it sounds weird, but I've had a, you know, I, I know a lot about death because of death in my family, you know? There's this weird thing, you know, the will to live? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of cases where people only survive because they wanted to survive, you know? Like, their bodies only work because their brain wanted it to work, you know? So you're saying maybe the acceptance of death is enlightenment? Now, hold on, let me get to that. Let me get to that. Okay. Like, most people that die of old age, you know, it's weird... Like my grandpa, this was this is a, this is an example. Uh, when he died, you know, he held on for as long as he could. He had Alzheimer's, you know, colon cancer. You know, he, he was dealt a bad card. At least you know he lived eighty three years. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But like, what if there's this weird switch in our minds that can't be flipped? Until we're right at the threshold of leaving the land of the living and going into death. You know what I'm saying? And that's when we fully understand something. Because most, and like, you know the term, you know the term dying peacefully? Yeah. Like, that happens to a lot of, you know, most people. It happens in their sleep, or it happens when they're around, you know, the family is around to comfort them. You know, they finally go, you know, well, this is it, blah, 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 you know, time for me to go. And what if in that moment, that crossing, that there is, you know, an understanding of everything? Like there's a flash, like instead of your life flashing before your eyes, it's it's an enlightenment, like a, a struck of enlightenment. Yeah, that could, yeah, something like that. Hmm. It's crazy, man. It's a lot to Me think. and you are going to die one day. Yep. All you listeners, you are going to die one day, too. You're going to die. Could be tomorrow. Could be today. Could if you're be sitting, if you're a college student sitting in a classroom full of like 100 people, look around. Because some of those people are going to die maybe in the next couple of months. You don't know. That is very my good friend. Just a crazy feeling. Life is fleeting, but also not. <laughs> life is life, and there's it's really hard to describe. There's no true description. It's how you view it. Does your dad listen to this podcast? No. My mom does. My mom does. Shout out to you, mom. What's up, Quinn's mom? I don't think I've ever met you. Maybe you have. I don't, I don't think I. I don't think so. I don't know. Ooh. But man, oh, man, oh my back. Oh, oh, oh. So before we end this, I, I was uh, while I got you here. Usually, I have an idea of what the cover art is going to look like. But do you have any ideas on what kind of theme you might want your cover art to look like? 
Hmm. I. What are themes that you have had? I'll have to. Let me look real quick. I might be able to pull it up. I've had Vaporwave. I've had Adventure Time crossover. I've had um, just a blue and a red reflection theme. I've had a manga theme. I think that's it. I'm going on there right now. Look at it. Shoot, it's not showing me the cover. Do you have any idea on what you might think would look cool? We were talking about sunsets earlier. Mm -hmm. So maybe a sunset kind of theme? I think a nice, good West Texas one set, or one set, excuse me, sunset would be real nice. I can do that. Yeah. Something self shaded, maybe. Yeah, I got you. Be pretty dope. Be pretty dope. You got anything to add before we finish it off? Yes. Okay. Listeners, to who anybody is, to whoever is listening, just know one: you can't hate somebody for what they believe in. You know. Just, just got to accept it. You know, you don't necessarily have to adopt their beliefs as your own. You know, but if it's not hurting you and not hurting anybody directly, you know, just let them be. Two, life is fleeting. Existence is pain. But make the most out of it. You know? If you're a man, you know, blah, 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 blah. You know, there's, there's love conquest, you know? beautiful women, you know, handsome men, you know, go spread your love to people, you know what I'm saying, you know, go see the sights, go see the world, and if you can't see the world, you know, like I know there's some people who are stuck where they live at, you know, try and find the beauty where you live at, for me, I live in Midland, Texas, you know, it's an oil town, it's kind of dirty, kind of stinky, you know, but I find the beauty in its people, how many different people we have here. We've got Mexicans, white, we've got people from Burma, you know. This is a nice you know, we got we got this diversity. It's it's real funky, but it works just right. You know. It's just a Texan thing, what can we say? That's true. You know, you gotta find the beauty in everything. You know, find the beauty in yourself. Whether that be inside or outside. I ain't the best looking dude, but I tell you what, man, I got some good calf muscles, so I'm going to flex those for some ladies and get myself some. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, find something beautiful about anything. And um, next thing. Lift with your legs, not your back. Words to live by. That's what I said. (laughs) 
But yeah, that's all I got. Is there any social media you want to plug? Um, follow my Twitter. If y'all want, hold up. Let me go look at that real quick. I just made a Twitter. Sure, there are political statements on it. You know, the, the tree of liberty is drying it up. Yep. Only the blood of tyrants will fulfill its thirst. But follow my Twitter. Boof2. That is E-E-F B-O-O-F-2. Christian Flores, and it's got a screenshot of Ghost of Tsushima as my header, and a very dumb picture of a man with a cone head and a stop sign. And that's about <laughs> it. Great. If you don't have anything else to add? No, I think I'm... Uh... All set, buddy. It was a pleasure talking to you. I'm glad I could finally have you on, and thank you a thousand times for my shaker cup. I really love it and appreciate it. You're welcome. Everybody deserves something. Amen. Thank you all for listening. Yeah. Stay happy and healthy, and we'll see you again next time. Later. Fuego. I believe it is time to begin the outro. All right, starting outro now.